You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. On a distant cloud somewhere over Australia, a group of angels have just returned from an epic choir concert in the clouds. except I think one shepherd soiled his tunic. Speaking of which, it was a pretty long flight, and, he used, and I need to use his little cherry room. Do we have any TV? Angelsoft or White Cloud? Uh, maybe both. Ew! I'm hungry. I think today was the best our choir ever sounded. Yeah, especially the, um, one part where we were like, Gloria. Yeah, that one. Who who came up with such amazing lyrics? Gabriel, of course. He's so good at words. How are we out of angel hair possible again? Do you think the humans will be talking about us for centuries, singing songs about us? Oh, when are we going back? Uh, we're not. Michael said it was a one-time show. What? How are the humans supposed to know about Jesus coming if we don't tell them? Bottle of cake. No, no thanks. thanks. Anyway, the humans have to find about about Jesus from each other. I think Jesus wants it that way. Then why then why do we go to shepherds? They're they're not very bright and they're pretty stinky. Why was Jesus born to Mary and Joseph? I don't know. God has a plan. Dude, take that music. Seriously, dude? I'm trying! Alright, whatever. Why don't we just go celebrate a Halo Burger? Alan. Woohoo! Can we watch Try These Angels again? Again? Hello. Hey, good morning, everybody. Again, welcome to Paradox Church. My name is Droopy. I am one of the worship leaders here. And Would you do me a big favor and welcome some of my friends to the stage? singing a Christmas song. If you know it, will you sing along with us? Angel. 
Days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This way, the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee. And to Judah and Bethlehem, to town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went up to the 
to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While there, they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, manger because there, there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And angels of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause grateful for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is a Messiah, the Lord. This, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly host appeared with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to, the, to those on whom his fav, favor rests. Can you imagine in the stillness of night, God's perfect gift, the gift he's been waiting to give is finally here. And what happens? The heaven celebrates, the angels celebrate, and that's exactly where we're going this morning. I just want to welcome you guys here. Welcome to Paradox. My name is Holly McDonald, and I am the kids director here. I get the opportunity to lead Journey. Yay, thanks. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and yeah, I get to lead Journey, and it is such a privilege to be up here with you guys today. What an honor to get to share one of the greatest stories in the Bible with you guys this morning. Um, I know that most of us, if I don't know you yet, or if I do know you a little bit, we're still trying to get to know each other, right? We're fairly new here. Um, so just a little fun fact about me. I love Christmas. Anybody else? Yes, a couple of us. Yeah, I love, love Christmas. And I know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because my parents are Christmas obsessed, borderline weird. But it's okay. They love it. No, they really do. They love it. And their family loves it. My extended family loves it. We are all about Christmas. Hence why my name is Holly. It was Holly or Noel. And I'm happy if you're Noel out there, I love your name, but I'm glad to be Holly this morning. It's good. Um, so my parents, they love it. I love it. The Christmas story all about Jesus was one that was in our home. It was recited. It was read. It was taught to me. I grew up knowing all about this story. But what I do know is in a room this size, that's probably not true for all of you. 
Maybe you just came this morning just to hear your niece or your nephew sing the Christmas song. And to you, and you've never heard the Christmas story. And to you, I just want to say welcome. We're so excited that you're here. But maybe you're like me, and maybe you've heard this story umpteen times. Every single year, you know it like the back of your hand. And to you, I just want to pause to you for just a second, and I want to submit to you this. I believe that every time we open the scripture that God has something new and he has something fresh for us. And I just want to encourage you this morning to stop and to just rest for a second and ask God to reveal something brand new about this story that maybe you've never seen before or heard before. So would you guys pray with me really quick while we do that? God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for the Christmas story. God, thank you for your greatest gift in Jesus. God, I just pray this morning that you would speak through your word. God, I pray that you would speak to me. I pray that you would speak to every single person in this room this morning, God. We just want to hear your voice. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was thinking about this idea of the greatest gift, that's, that's the bottom line today, is that Jesus is our greatest gift. And as I was thinking about that today, it reminded me of the greatest gift that to date that I have ever received from another person. And that was from my husband. I have a husband, we've been married for five years. His name is Rory. And when we first got married, we were both still in school. I was in ministry. We were working just minimum wage jobs, um, and money was kind of tight. And so when Rory finally got in his career, his first career, and he got a second job, we had like a little bit of extra wiggle room money. And Rory had it in his back pocket that he was going to surprise me with this gift. And if you know my husband, he will dangle it over your head, just like this. Like, I have a surprise for you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. So this excitement in me was building. I'm like, what is this gift going to be? I might have nagged just this much, just, just a little bit to get it out. But when the day was finally here for him to tell me about it, I'll never forget it. He was standing in our kitchen, and our bathroom's kind of off of our kitchen. And I was standing, I was doing my makeup, and he turned to me and he said, hey, Holly, it's time for me to tell you what your gift is. I'm like, what? Mascara, you know, line, you know, it's okay. So I turned to him, I'm like, what is it? And he's like, we're going to go to Florida. I'm going to take you and Lila. This was before we had Owen, my son Owen. He said, I'm going to take you and Lila. We're going to go on a family vacation to Florida. Now, you might hear that and you might think, cool, that's awesome. But for me, that was huge. I grew up going on family vacations. It was something we did. But when you get married, mom and dad don't pay for everything anymore. And so when it has to come out of my own pocket, we couldn't go all the time, right? So when Rory said, that's where we're going, my response was, I just wept. Like, I could not believe that somebody would do that for me. That trip wasn't for him. That was totally for me. He knew me. He knew exactly what my heart needed, and that's what he gave me. And we have a God, you guys. We have a God who spends thousands and thousands and thousands of years pursuing the hearts of people. He is the greatest gift giver. Why? Because he's dependable. He knows us. God always comes through. When he promises something, he delivers. There's not a time where he doesn't do that. 
And we're going to go in the Old Testament this morning. And the Old Testament just means the time before Jesus came. Um, and I'm actually going to teach out of our Kids Quest, the NIRV version, which is so fun, by the way. If you don't have a Bible at home, it's a totally a great Bible to use. NIRV, NIV, great for kids or ourselves. I love it too. So we're going to go in the Old Testament this morning and talk about some of the ways that God had promised his people and some of the ways that he delivered. Now, you guys might have heard of this guy named Noah. Can you guys say Noah with me? Good. So Noah, he was faithful, right? He was faithful to build an ark for his family and two of every animal. And after the flood, God's gift or his promise to Noah was that he was never going to do what? He was never going to flood the earth again. Good job, guys. He was never going to flood the earth again. That was God's gift and his promise to him. Then there's this guy named Abraham. Can you guys say Abraham? Good job. So Abraham, he was also a faithful man of God in the Old Testament. He would do whatever God had asked him to do. And God had asked him to leave his family and to leave his land and travel to an unknown country, to an unknown place, so that God could bless his people and make him a father of many nations. That was God's promise or his gift to them. And then Abraham had a son. Does anybody know what his son's name is? Isaac. Very good. So Abraham had a son named Isaac, and this promise that God was going to bless his people and provide a place for him, it was reaffirmed through his son Isaac. Then Isaac had a son. Anybody know? Jacob. Good job. So Isaac had a son named Jacob who, again, the promise was reaffirmed through him. God had a place for the Israelites. He had a future home for them called the promised land. Then there's this guy named, let's see, where is he? Then this guy named David comes in the scene. And who's David? David begins his life as a lowly shepherd, right? Not much to offer, but then God makes him a king makes him a king over all of Israel. And God's promise to David was that Jesus, God's greatest gift of all time, it was going to come through his family line. It was going to come through his bloodline. And then later on in scripture, still in the Old Testament, let's see. The kids got it. We get to this prophet, this guy named Isaiah. And Isaiah, or prophet just means that this person hears from God and then they respond. They tell other people about it. That's all a prophet is. So we get to Isaiah the prophet and he enters the scene. And God tells this to Isaiah. I'm going to Isaiah 9, 6. God says this. A child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. He will rule over us, and he will be called Wonderful Advisor and Mighty God. He will also be called Father who lives forever and Prince who brings peace. This, you guys, happened, or am I in the wrong one? This, you guys, happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus entered the scene. God speaks to this man, and he says, this is what's going to happen. I have a son. He's going to come, and he's going to be for you. Then, fast forward to Mary. 
Mary enters the scene, right? And she, again, is another faithful woman who is just trying to follow God. And God finds favor with Mary. And he tells something to her very similar to Isaiah. Do not be afraid, the angel appears to Mary. Do not be afraid. God is very pleased with you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will make him a king like his father David of long ago. He will rule over his people who came from Jacob's family, and his kingdom will never end. Mary received a promise She received a gift from God, and that gift was the promise of Jesus. And we see over and over and over again through the Old Testament, God making promises and fulfilling them, which proves to us, proves to his people, humanity, all of his creation, that God is faithful. He's dependable. And when he promises something, he will do it. What I love thinking about, though, through all of this I love thinking about heaven for a second. We, we get some glimpses of what heaven's like in scripture, right? We can read a few Bible verses and kind of get some imagery, but man, we really don't know exactly what it's going to be like. And that mystery is so cool to me. But I love imagining heaven in these moments, right? The Bible tells us that Jesus has always been. So he was with God in the very, very beginning of time. So heaven angels being with God know that Jesus is there and knowing that, okay, God has promised this big plan, this big perfect gift. It's coming. But I believe that the angels don't know exactly when it's going to come. They're not God, but they know something's going to happen, that God has this perfect gift that he's just holding in his back pocket for just the right time. And I love thinking about this. Imagine when David comes to the scene and, you know, God tells to David, hey, Jesus is going to come through your family line. Or when Isaiah comes, it's like angels are probably like, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's almost time. And then Mary comes and God looks at angel Gabriel and he says, go, go tell my faithful daughter, it's time. It's time. My perfect gift is finally ready to come. I can just imagine the party in heaven that happened when God said to the angels, go. In Luke 2.10, the angel says this. You guys heard it a few minutes ago. He says this. But the angel said to them, to the shepherds in the field, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, and it is for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. What does the angel say? I bring you good news of great joy. It's like heaven just couldn't wait to tell earth what was going on. Why is Jesus the greatest gift? Why is this such a big deal? Because God, the one who is faithful, is the giver. God is the greatest gift giver of all times. Why? Because he knows what's in our heart. He knows exactly what we need because he created us. 
He knows everything about us, and he knows your deepest need. Jesus is the greatest gift because it is from God. And I'm going to invite my elementary students to come on up to the stage. There's going to come from this angle and this angle, and they're going to introduce the next part of our story to us. Would you guys give them a round of applause as they come up? Kids make their way up to the stage. I see a couple other elementary kids that are sitting out in the crowd. I want to go ahead and you guys, if you guys want to come forward right now and come on up to the stage and join us in this song, you are more than welcome as the last kids make their way up to the stage. And this song's, this song's a little bit funky. It's a little bit fun. So if you find yourself wanting to dance along, we won't stop you.
The angels left and went into heaven. Then the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. The baby was lying in the manger. After the shepherds had seen him, they told everyone. They reported what the angel had said about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary kept all these things like a secret treasure in her heart. She thought about them over and over. The shepherds returned. They gave glory and praise to God. Even they, everything they had seen and heard was just as they had been told. When the shepherd was eight days, I mean, when the child was eight days old, he was circumcised. At the same time, he was named Jesus. This was the name the angel had given him before his mother became pregnant. So God's gift, his perfect gift, the gift that he has been waiting to give us is finally here and heaven proclaims and the angels proclaim and it is a party and the angels appear to, like Jenna said, the shepherds, right? They, they appear to the shepherds, lowly people, people who are low on the totem pole. That's who God chooses to send his message to. Why? Because they needed it. They needed a message from God. And it got me thinking about some of the gifts that I've received, both good and bad. But this one, I'm going to poke a little bit fun at my mom. Don't worry, I asked permission for her um, from her today. But every year, for so many years, I would open up my stocking on Christmas morning since I was like 12. And she would get me foot cream. Now, Mom works for a foot doctor, and every time they got a new product, it would end up, I'm not done, <laughs> in my stocking. And now, as much as my mom is one of the greatest gift givers of all time, like, God, my mom. She is just amazing. But mom needed to learn a lesson here. Daughter did not need any more foot cream. Right, so Christmas comes, and I'm like, oh, I'm starting to pull it out. Thank you, Mom. This is so sweet of you. Oh, I love it. Mom, I really, I really don't need any more foot cream. Hand lotions, good, chapstick, something else like that. But I really don't need this anymore. And what's true is that our posture, our response to the gift, to any gift given to us, changes based on our need of it, right? So I can pretend and I can smile all day, yay, this is great, but if I really don't need it, it doesn't change much for me. And so what I love, if you've ever stopped to think about, when I was reading this story again, when as I was preparing for this message, I stopped to think about why the shepherds, out of anybody that God could have chose to speak to, he didn't tell the angels to run to the king so that the news would spread quickly, Right? He didn't choose to tell the religious scholars so that there would be perfect context to exactly what God needed to say. No, 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 no. God chose the shepherds. Why? Because the shepherds needed to hear some good news. Here's a little bit about shepherds. Shepherds were people who worked in fields to tend to their flock, whether it was sheep or goat or whatever they were tending to. They were considered overseers. They fed the sheep. They made sure they were healthy. 
Shepherds would bind up the injuries of the sheep, and they would protect the sheep from danger. They would take care of their flock in different seasons of weather to make sure that they were safe from all of the elements. They guarded open fields, and if one strayed, they wouldn't stop until their sheep was found. Shepherds worked day and night. They were plain, honest men. They were diligent. They were dependable. They were brave. They would risk their lives to protect their flock. But through it all, shepherds were the low man on the totem pole. Not much to offer, not much to brag about, and not even much to show for all their work. But God says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. God says this, Brothers and sisters, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when you answered God's call. But God chose those men whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny, the powerless, to shame the high and the mighty. He chooses the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes. Nobody's so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent, so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. God chose to deliver his greatest gift, the greatest news of all time to nobodies, to people who didn't have anything to brag about, anything to show for. They were the low men on the totem pole. But what is the posture of the shepherds? We heard it earlier. When the shepherds heard the news from the angels, they did what? They hurried off to find Jesus. That was it. They didn't scramble or think about, oh my goodness, what am I going to say? Or what do I do with this? Or is this true? I don't know. They just went. The Bible says, it, our translation says, they hurried off to find Jesus. Why? Because they needed him. And today you might feel like your life is broken. You might feel like your life is a mess or you're insignificant or you don't have any hope Maybe you feel insecure. Listen, the impact of the gift that is being given is so much greater when you're in that place. Why? Because we need hope. We need a savior. We need some good news. The finishing of that chapter says for, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 through 31 says this. For it is not from man that we draw our life from, but from God as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, our redemption. And this fulfills what is written, if anyone boasts, let him only boast in all that the Lord has done. Jesus is the gift, whether you believe it or not this morning, he is the gift that you were created to receive. When you were made, this was the hole in your heart, and it was fulfilled with Jesus. Whether or not you believe it this morning, he is the only gift that you and I will ever, ever need. And just like that, 
Just like that, God chose to share the greatest gift with the shepherds. And when we hear that, when we hear the story of Jesus, we know, just like the shepherds, the shepherds heard the first part, right? They heard that Jesus was born, and there's a baby lying in the manger, and they went. But we know... Maybe you don't today, but some of us, we know the rest of the story, right? We know that Jesus came down in the form of man, in, in the form of a baby. He came down to earth with the sole purpose of what? A life that would lead him to the cross. Why? Because you and I are broken. Because humanity messed up. And we needed a savior. And Jesus, God, or God decided through Jesus that he was going to take him and nail him to the cross dying the death that you and I deserve, Jesus took our place and he went up to the cross for us so that, for the only reason, so that we could be in a relationship with God again, so that we could be with God forever one day in heaven. That's why Jesus is the greatest gift and that's why he came. And when we hear that, when we hear the good news, the greatest news of all time, we actually have a job. We have a response as people who hear the good news, and it is this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. God was bringing the world back to himself through Christ. He did not hold people's sins against them. God has trusted us with the message that people may be brought back to him. So we are Christ's official messengers. It is as if God were making his appeal through us. Here is what Christ wants us to beg you to do. Come back to God. I want to read verse 20 again. So we are Christ's official messengers. Can you guys say official messengers? You just said your new job title. Welcome. God, through Paul, God says, this is your job. You have a new job description. You hear the good news, Paradox Church. You hear the good news from God. Guess what? Somebody else needs to hear it too. And your job is now, title, official messenger. What does that mean? It means that you go and tell other people about it. It means that you are in the understanding that whenever you are at the grocery store, whenever you are at home situated perfectly in your neighborhood, wherever God has placed you, you have a job, one job. And it is to tell other people the good news. Because as much as we need Jesus, we need him so bad. When we get him, we get to give him away. There's enough Jesus to go around for everybody. And we have, we have no other record in this book. We have no other record, no other reason to believe that the angels appeared to anybody else that day. Scripture says the angels came down, they appeared to the shepherds in the field. It doesn't say that they also went to Africa or Australia or got finished this sentence. We have no other reason to believe that the angels went everywhere else, anywhere else. Think about this for a minute. If the shepherds kept Jesus to themselves, you and I would not be here today. Think about that ripple effect for a second. The shepherds modeled something to us that they knew. They ran to Jesus. They met him. And when they did, they just couldn't keep that news to themselves. And God has positioned you wherever you are, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, 
whether it's in your neighborhood or at Meyer, God has positioned you, brought you to a place for such a time as this so that maybe somebody could hear about him. And maybe it's not coming out. Let's just get practical for a second. Maybe it's not coming out to the cashier at Meyer and say, maybe it is. I'm not downing that. But maybe it's not saying, hey, have you heard the gospel? I mean, there's different approaches. We can talk about that later, Seminar 101. But maybe it's just a word of encouragement. Maybe it's stopping and asking God, hey, what does this person need from me right now? Or God, is there anybody on my street who needs to hear the good news? Is there anybody on my street who needs a meal this week? Whatever it is, it could be a word of encouragement. It could be a Bible verse that God has been speaking to you on. And you just turn around and you share it with somebody else. Whatever it is, you have no idea the ripple effect that can happen generations and generations later because of one encouraging word, because you shared Jesus with somebody else. So paradox this morning, I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, God has chose you. God has chose you just like he chose the shepherds to share his good news with. And I urge you, I encourage you that the next time you have the opportunity to share with somebody, that you do it because the impact could be generations and generations of change.
Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.